You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Thursday football fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, Ryan Tracy. We're here with you every Thursday. And on this Thursday, we're going to be talking about the Houston Texans canceling their mandatory minicamp, which is a bit odd because they held their OTAs. So it doesn't appear that this is a safety thing on its face. Then we'll get into some news out of Denver regarding potential quarterback trade destinations as a couple of Denver players have spoken about some quarterbacks that may or may not be on their way to the Mile High City. We'll wrap up with Montez Sweat's comments about vaccines and an attitude that I would guess is at least somewhat prevalent throughout the NFL. Ryan, let's get started with minicamp news. There's one other team that has canceled minicamp, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles, who canceled it back in May. But on Wednesday, news broke that the Houston Texans, after holding their OTAs, will not have their mandatory minicamp. Now, there are sure to be many theories as to why the Texans have made this decision. But according to head coach David Culley, it's because they feel like they got everything done that they wanted to get done in their offseason program in OTAs. So you're telling me a brand new head coach with a completely revamped organization and a quarterback that's had what now six, no, I'm sorry, nine walk through practices has accomplished everything you need to get done in an offseason. I don't know. Good for Tyler Taylor. Uh, at least he shouldn't be needing any injections anytime soon. Keep him safe. But there is a lot to be said about being confident enough to say, we're just going to skip this mandatory thing where we can actually get some work done rather than throwing passes against shadows. Yeah, I I don't really understand the rationale here either, especially because the the given rationale is we got everything done, guys. We we don't need more time <laughs> with our players. I mean, have you ever heard a coach say we don't want practice time? We don't want this only mandatory period that we have access to in June before training camp. We don't want it. Take it back. There are coaches in this league that would kill for three extra days to actually get some work done to try, especially for an organization that can't say that, hey, we're right near the top. We're within breathing distance of the championship. Uh, you got work to do. Get out there and do it. My question is, is this all to avoid the very public finding of someone who doesn't show up in maybe a mandatory situation? I, I think there's some aspect of this that just reeks of let's stay under the radar for right now. It's been quiet for a week or two. Do you think, I mean, is, is that really, are the Texans that far gone? That, I hope not. That they're like, you know what? Forget the football ramifications of canceling practice. We don't want the PR nightmare of having to discuss Deshaun Watson again, because they're clearly sick of it. Every time it comes up in a press conference with anybody related to the Houston Texans, they don't want to talk about it. And I guess I sort of get their exhaustion with the issue, but they should also be expecting it. I think they are expecting it. I just really hope that that actually wasn't part of the decision calculus to, to lose out on a mandatory minicamp session for the Texans. 
I, I hope so as well. I, I'm grasping at straws here because I cannot see any way, shape, or form that that team has literally accomplished all that they can in what is – I mean, this isn't this isn't gold. This isn't training camp practices. But this is a whole process that you didn't get last season, and your organization is is top to bottom rebuilt. You need as much times, as much seconds on that field together as you could possibly get. This makes no sense to me whatsoever. To the Texans' credit, let's try to see things from their side. I guess they had, according to the team, great attendance at OTAs with quote-unquote marquee names showing up for the last two weeks. So they had at least two weeks with most of their important players. And maybe this was some sort of preordained agreement to get those players to show up for OTAs that we're just now finding out about. I know that there has been a lot of negotiation with NFL teams and their players to say, you know, we're not going to do this kind of thing. If you guys come, we're going to do shorter practices. We're going to do no contact. We're going to do no 11 on 11. If you guys come in here and we can do some work. So maybe this was, you know what, if we can get two weeks of OTAs, we'll say you don't have to come to one week of minicamp. And maybe this was the way the Texans actually got more practice time with their players. If I'm really speculating and grasping at straws and to be clear, this is based in no way on sources or fact, but I'm just throwing out a potential explanation. Maybe this was negotiated and was a way for them to actually maximize their practice time. Well, if that's the case, then, Hey, if you actually got what you think is the most you can get, you might as well put a positive spin on it. Cause you're right. Nobody wants to address what's going on with the bigger topic except maybe some guys in Denver. We'll talk about that coming up next. Do you know that 85% of the people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game's rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups and experts who have more tools and more time. You might not always bring that to the table. Stat Hero, though, is out there for you. They put the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner takes all, and you have the advantage. Stat Hero is going to show you their lineup ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be done. One-on-one and you name the stakes. Play Stat Hero now and change your odds. When you sign up for free at stathero.com slash lockdown, you'll get a 300% match. That's a huge welcome bonus. Again, go check it out at stathero.com slash lockdown. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. 
Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Of course, when you talk about opportunities to improve your roster with a quarterback acquisition, everyone wants to talk about Denver. Well, so do the Denver players. Uh, One thing that I think comes down to that is some of the quote-unquote evidence, you can call it hearsay, you can call it whatever you want, but the players who know players have some comments to make. And Melvin Gordon actually thinks that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be traded, that he's not part of the scenario to come in and be the you know heir apparent, the, the savior of the organization in Denver. But that doesn't mean that it can't happen with another quarterback. Before we talk about that other quarterback, I, I do find Melvin Gordon's comments interesting, right? Because he's like, we would love to have Aaron here, but I don't see him getting traded. And, and being that that's the case, who wouldn't want to have Aaron Rodgers? But being that that's the case, if it's Drew or if it's Teddy... We're going to rock with our guy. But do you think that this is going to be like Peyton Manning 2.0 if they bring in one of these guys? I mean, the last time Denver brought in a quarterback like this where they had everything else, it was Peyton at the tail end of his career. This time, Aaron Rodgers would be that same sort of, you know, back half of his career to be sure. But if it is Deshaun Watson, who Kareem Jackson told Akeem Tlaib on Akeem Tlaib's podcast, wants to be in Denver. Very strong and specific words from Kareem Jackson, who played with Deshaun Watson in Houston. He wants to be in Denver. Tell them in Denver, that's where I want to be. Are these guys going to be seen as as the Peyton Manning 2.0 acquisitions by John Elway and, and the Denver Broncos? I think, honestly, I think Aaron Rodgers would, again, because of his prowess, previous organization, and because he's near the tail end of his career. Now, if I know Aaron Rodgers... <laughs> He'll flip his his decision to to continue to play. He got another three or four seasons in him. I, I mean, he just came off an MVP. What can you really suspect about that? It's not the same situation as an ailing um, Will Payton ever throw again with a, a neck issue. Um, so it's not quite there. But I will say this, too. I don't know that if this whole cloud over Deshaun Watson and what has happened off the field for him is going to help. But... I think in terms of looking at the age and the prognosis for what happens to the organization, a player at his age with his prowess who's pushed the limits of the passing game nearly as much as Rodgers has in the last two seasons, I think you can look further down the line and look at that as a more stabilizing factor if the off-the-field stuff is is squared away in a way that you feel comfortable as an organization bringing him in. I would like to imagine the AFC West with a Deshaun Watson level quarterback playing for the Denver Broncos because it gets a lot more interesting with Justin Herbert with the Los Angeles Chargers, Patrick Mahomes with the Kansas City Chiefs and adding a guy like Deshaun Watson into the mix. You have three young, incredibly talented quarterbacks in the same division. And we talk about, you know, the most difficult divisions in football. Deshaun Watson to Denver would certainly put the AFC West squarely in that conversation. And I'm not forgetting about you, Las Vegas. I just don't think your quarterback is as good at quarterback as those three guys. Not that your team isn't competitive necessarily, but that will be a very fun division to watch. Much like the NFC West is a very Mm -hmm. fun division to watch, largely due to the strength of their quarterback play. So, There are some interesting dynamics there if Watson does end up in Denver. But I think, as you point out, there's a lot to kind of get cleared up in the Deshaun Watson ongoing assault allegations and civil cases because we haven't really heard anything about that for a few weeks. And as we discussed 
on this show probably, what, a month, two months ago now, the NFL's investigation could take up to a year, longer than yeah. a year to complete. So we really don't know when this thing's going to be resolved. It makes it that much harder. And, you know, that's why I think the gravitation has been towards see if you can get Aaron Rodgers in the house because it does it has the same effect but for obviously a, a shorter time period. But it's all a lot of conjecture at this point. But I have to say, the more players sound in on that and the more that there's direct communication and the language of that quote from Jackson, I, I think really speaks to let's push for this. This is what I want to do. Uh, especially if you're a guy who may have been, we, we don't know what the situation is. If he feels he's been wrongly accused, maybe he needs a new start and he has a destination in mind. Very challenging for the rest of the AFC and the AFC West, but hey, uh, we will see how it comes down. According to Ian Rappaport, on Wednesday, he clarified this report and said, Watson is open to several options, including Denver. According to Rappaport sources, the Broncos aren't even necessarily a favorite, just one possible landing spot. So perhaps... The other angle of this to explore is Deshaun Watson, before all this news broke, was desperate to get out of Houston. Desperate. And and there were a number of teams that he was linked to before the draft, before teams added new quarterbacks via the draft. Denver could just be one of the angles he's working. He knows Kareem Jackson. He talks to Kareem Jackson. He's close with Kareem Jackson. And if he's just working those angles, working those connections he has and saying, hey, if you can get me to Denver, get me to Denver. Because, I mean, there's some great receivers in Denver. There's a, a solid, potentially solid defense with Vic Fangio still out there running things. And so when you look at the roster, Denver has a pretty good roster if they can get good quarterback play. Mm -hmm. And that could just be why it's an attractive landing spot potentially for Deshaun Watson if he is still actively, and it sounds like he is, working to get himself traded. It sounds like it as well, too. And I th I wonder, if you're Vic Fangio, what do you prefer? Do you prefer the the option of of a longevity-enhancing thing, or do you want to make your push for a championship with a guy like Rodgers? Like, George Payton's got a, an interesting conundrum there. Maybe you're putting out feelers in both of these cases. Well, but why not both, right? Like, if you think Deshaun Watson is almost as good as Aaron Rodgers, and I think there's probably an argument to be had there. Aaron Rodgers coming off an MVP season was great last year. In the years prior to that, was still very, very good, but wasn't the great Aaron Rodgers that kind of earned his reputation in the first place. Deshaun Watson, since he's come into the league as a football player, and I, I just say that to reiterate that we're focusing on what he's done on the field here for this conversation, has played hero ball so many times. And I mean that in a good way, not like the selfish trying to do too much way for the Houston Texans to the point where he's just putting this team on his back and keeping them in games in games they have no business being on. And it he's not obviously doing it all by himself, but there are plays where you look at it and it's like, man, could anyone else have done that? Would anyone else have the will and the skill to do both of those things on that play? And there's a lot of those plays out there in Deshaun Watson's time in Houston. Either of these quarterbacks as an acquisition would cure what ails the Denver Broncos in terms of their future. Uh, curing something and how you prevent something is an interesting question across the league about how you deal with COVID the second year. We're going to talk about that coming up next. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. And if you listen to Locked On Podcast, you know how we feel about these protein bars. We're passionate about all of our favorites. If it's coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, or salted caramel, we love them all. 
My favorite is a limited time coconut brownie chunk. When that one's out there, I make sure to scoop up a few boxes. Not only are they great tasting though, covered in that 100% real chocolate, they're healthy too. 17 grams of protein in most of the flavors on only 130 calories. Can't beat that when it comes with excellent taste. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. You can use promo code LOCKED15. You'll save 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Ryan, we've talked a couple times on this show about what the NFL has done to incentivize players, incentivize coaches, incentivize team staff to go get COVID vaccines. In fact, it's to the point where for coaches, it's essentially mandatory at this point. We we heard about some coaches in the last week without their names being named who were primed to lose their tier one status if they didn't get vaccinated. But for players, it hasn't been made mandatory. And the NFL hasn't even set guidelines like some other leagues have that say if you hit X percent of players being vaccinated on your team, you can move around the, the facility freely without masks or, or whatever the incentive might be. You can not get tested for COVID when you arrive. And some of that has been defined. If the individual player is vaccinated, they no longer need to get tested nearly as frequently as players that haven't been vaccinated. But without that requirement in place, it is very much being left up to the individual players and the Washington football team's Montez Sweat today, on Wednesday, I should say, made some headlines for his response to some questions about the Washington football team's efforts to just educate their players about mm-hmm. what the risks of the vaccine might be. And I think that's that's the right step, not only for the NFL, but for the organization to educate the players. This is what it is. This is what we know. I don't think there's any problem with that. The question is how it's received, right? Because I think the two groups are have different concepts of what they're trying to accomplish. For the NFL, the more players you have vaccinated, the less risk you have of losing your product on the field, the less issue you have with, especially the players are, are more likely a vector than a, a symptom because of their age group. I know uh, Miles Garrett has some lingering issues from when he had COVID, but you have to consider the rest of the people that are working in the organization. A lot of these coaches are are up there over 60. Uh, There's a lot of front office personnel and and whoever else is in the building on a daily basis that you're trying to protect the organizations as well. And the owners, right? A Mm -hmm. lot of owners Mm -hmm. are certainly in more vulnerable groups anyway than the players. Montez Sweat was asked, what do you think of the way your your team is bringing in some experts to talk about the vaccine that wants to encourage players to get vaccinated and help educate players? And he said he wasn't a fan. He probably won't get vaccinated until he gets more facts and all that kind of stuff. And this is in response to a question about the team is bringing in an expert or experts to try to help educate you. And maybe Montez Sweat just perceives this as a propaganda campaign. Mm -hmm. But for those players, and I'm sure this is not a small subset, I I think that this is probably somewhat prevalent around the NFL for those players, for those people who say they need more facts. I I would wonder what facts do you need that that you haven't seen? Or is is it simply that the data doesn't exist yet, that you're interested in evaluating? But for a lot of these guys you really wonder, 
are are you more qualified than some of the the experts in their fields who were talking about the risk reward of getting a vaccine or not? Well, and I find it really interesting the context of that answer. You say you don't you personally have made the decision you don't want to get vaccinated. Okay, that's a personal choice. Put that to the side. The question was about how do you feel about them bringing experts to educate you? And your response is, I'm not for it. I want more information. Well, that's what they're bringing them in to give you. So again, like you said, if you don't, if you feel that this is less um, scientific information and, and more propaganda and pushing in a direction, okay, that's one thing. But if you're not understanding the question is, do you support them educating the player group? I think that's that's a miscommunication that, that really needs to be taken back down to the, the foundational level, maybe through the NFLPA, that, hey, this is what we can provide you for that information that you need to make your decision. I think that's important. Yeah, and, and maybe that is a good avenue to go, go through the NFLPA, have them distribute to, to players or, or make available to players some of this information. And I think the NFLPA is incentivized to do so as well because they want their constituents to make educated choices. And, and like you said, it is a personal decision, certainly. But when when you read further and, and maybe this maybe he didn't understand the question, maybe the question was asked a little bit differently than it's been transcribed here. But the, the follow up question was, what is your hesitation in getting the vaccine? And the answer was, I haven't caught covid yet. I don't see myself treating covid until I actually get COVID. And so here we have a fundamental misunderstanding of either the question or what a vaccine is or how vaccines work. And this is where, when we talk about education for players, it seems like we're missing something here. Like there's, there's a step we could take to very easily say vaccines aren't treatment. Vaccines are prevention. And, and that is a very bright line that could be drawn regardless of your personal beliefs in the vaccine. That is the general idea of what vaccines do that doesn't necessarily seem to be understood. And I don't think while everyone's piling on to Montez Sweat, that this is an isolated issue with Montez mm -hmm. Sweat. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And I think that does illustrate the educational need to understand that a vaccine prevents you contracting something that you then have to treat. It's not a treatment itself. Those of, uh, of people across the country, around the world that come down with COVID-19, they're not receiving the vaccine as treatment. That's what you do before your exposure. And I think that that fundamental correction is something that not just the NFLPA and, and the, the group of players in this particular league, but a lot of folks around the world need to hear a lot more clearly. It seems to be the case because I'm sure sweat isn't alone, right? in the league and as you point out in the world in this misunderstanding of, of what the the intent of the vaccination is meant to be. There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of disinformation out there. Very easy to accidentally, if you're doing your, your Googling, click on the wrong link and get an idea in your head that that isn't supported by, well, reality in some cases. Not saying that Montez Sweat has been disinformed, but maybe just misinformed. It is at least a little bit heartening, I guess, to to hear him answer the, the last question with saying that it is a constant conversation with other players in the locker room. It is something that these guys are communicating about. And it sounds like it's a very top of mind subject 
at least for the Washington football team and I imagine around the league. So continue conversation, probably a good thing uh, because dialogue tends to eventually breed out some truth when you have opposing viewpoints represented. And I think that most locker rooms probably do. Yeah, I would think so too. And, and when you think about where you have to be comfortable, obviously everyone's family is their first most inner circle that you want to protect and you want to understand how to take care of. But the folks that you work with, and in this particular business, when you are so close, physically in contact with people every day, all day, it makes a big difference. So I think the ongoing conversation is good, particularly for the players, but it will eventually be good for the league as well. And on the other side of the coin with Montez Sweat talking about what the players want to do. It sounds like Dax Milne, the rookie wide receiver for the Washington football team was persuaded or made likelier in his words to obtain the vaccine after hearing from one of the doctors, one of the experts that Washington brought in. So it sounds like the education is helping some people make a decision and others maybe see it as propaganda, maybe just don't want to hear it. And that's going to be an ongoing challenge for the NFL this year and the NFLPA as they try to come to an agreement as to how to handle COVID protocols in a league where not all the players are looking like they're going to be vaccinated. The stands will still be full, though, as most stadiums, if not all at this point, have been approved for full attendance. So a lot to pay attention to as we get closer to the 2020 season getting underway. And next week, a lot of those mandatory mini camps, not the Texans, not the Eagles, will be getting fully underway. While some teams started a little bit early, a majority of the league kicks off those mandatory camps next week. So Chris and Q will have you covered for the Friday episode of the Locked on NFL podcast. Ryan and I will be back on next Thursday with hopefully some interesting things out of those mandatory mini camps to talk about. Until next Thursday, NFL fans, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.